Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio and show, would you believe it, 420 in our weekly series. Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're out there raising awareness and running events through our area networks and around the company, our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups are developing research, publishing case studies, and shining a light on great practice. You can visit engageforsuccess.org to learn more. And don't forget, while you're there, to sign up for our weekly newsletter so you never miss out on any of our great free resources, events, and updates. And I'm Andy Gorham, your host for today's show and founder of BizJuicer, a consultancy that helps companies connect your purpose and proposition to your people, creating what I call stickier, more successful businesses from the inside out. Now then, thinking back to the good old days of the service profit chain and the work of Heskett, Sasser, and Schlesinger, got my teeth in there, the link between profit, customer loyalty, and customer satisfaction was established and championed long ago. The simple message of happy employees equals happy customers equals happy shareholders still holds true today, although things have moved on a touch. Customer experience has been the focus of many successful businesses, deepening the connection between a business and its customers to stand out from the competition and grow the customer base, the loyalty it has, and the company's profits. But the undeniable truth behind great customer experiences is that your employees are still the biggest influence on it and their own experience of how they're treated, valued, rewarded, and developed within your business will directly correlate to the experiences your customers have, but has as much attention and recognition of this been given to the employee experience as we have with customer experience? And what does good look like? And who's doing a great job of delivering that? Well, today I'm speaking with special guest, Matt Manners. CEO and founder of Inspiring Workplaces, who's created an employee experience global community, an academy, uh, an events hub, and a foundation, all with the goal of changing the world through the world of work. So who better to shine a light on employee experience excellence and tell us how we can all make the world a better place to work in than Matt? Welcome to the show, Matt. Hello, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm very well, my friend. I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing what you've got to say uh, uh, about the world of work and how to create inspiring workplaces. But why don't you first of all just tell us a little bit about yourself and what's focusing your attention at the moment? Well, <clears throat> I, I loved I loved your intro, uh, and you know uh, it must be like a telepathic, but um, that that's <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Um, a cough in 2021, uh, very uh, <laughs> topical. <laughs> oh, no. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I, I did get the, the dreaded COVID again, so <clears throat> I'm just coming off the back of that, so apologies to everybody. Um, yeah, I actually, uh, so I'm the founder and CEO of Inspiring Workplaces that originally started out life as the Employee Engagement Awards about seven years ago. Uh, and uh, I became aware of Engage Success immediately around then. Uh, celebrating your 10th birthday this year, I think, so congratulations. Yeah, um, but my, my journey my, my, my journey's actually through the customer experience um, piece. And 
uh, owned a small customer experience uh, consultancy about 12, 12 years ago. And quite, quite simply, the number one influence, as you were saying, positive or negative on, a, on the customer experience was the employee they were, they were, de- they were working with uh, from that organization. So um, I, I, I was one of the first to do an employee net promoter audit, uh, which is like Marmite in, in the world of HR now, but, um, <laughs> and, and, and um, decided to dedicate myself to giving employees a voice and, and, and listening to them and started my own employee listening uh, company about 10 years ago and um, quite quickly realized that more education needed to be done um, and to shine a light just like engaged success on the great stories of the people doing the work and the work itself throughout uh, England and the world so created the employee engagement awards which was just a, a vehicle to to celebrate amazing people who were taking risks and asking for investment to to improve the experiences of the, of the, and the lives of those around them at work, um, and, and here we are now. So, and I'm still a fervent, ardent campaigner that you know spend the money with your people and then it will pay off on the external side. Uh, spend it there first. There's no chicken or egg scenario. Spend it with your people and the customer experience will improve, um, and your business will improve too. So. That's how I started out life and in, in what brings me to this show today, I suppose. That's brilliant. I mean, just picking up on a couple of things that you've, you've said already there. I mean, we know employee voice and uh, employees feeling that they have a voice that's listened to and, and, and acted upon or at least fed back, mm. <laughs> fed back on is an absolute key enabler of engagement um, for sure. And your point about no chicken and egg in that actually sort the people out first and numbers will follow. I mean, I, I, no surprise, I'm a massive advocate <laughs> for that too. Um, yeah. Yet, it, we still hear today, don't we, that, well, we'll get to, I know it's important, we'll get to that, we just need to sort the numbers out first, which it's a frustrating thing, right, because <laughs> it should be the other way around and the numbers will follow. I, I'm a massive believer in that. So, yeah, picking up on exactly what you said. So, really interesting to hear that this all started with the, Employee Engagement Awards, but but now it's inspiring workplaces. So why inspiring workplaces, and what is it that has really inspired you to start this this mission that you're on to to change the world through the way we work? Um, well, I, I've been inspired by the the people and the stories that we've seen over the past seven years, um, the work being done, and um, the, the people, the HR directors, the frontline workers, chief people officers, you know, internal comms, you know, whoever, whoever, wherever they're working, they are taking risks and they're asking for permission to fail, uh, fail often, try things, all with the view to, like I say, improving the experience of the, and the lives of those they work with and, and to improve the business performance too. You can't, you can't, it has, they have to go hand in hand. Otherwise you just, you won't get the investment and you won't get anywhere. So, I've been inspired constantly throughout throughout this past seven years to to keep shining the light on them. And quite simply, o- over the time, uh, the Employee Engagement Awards, the name just didn't represent what we did anymore um, because we, we became a community um, uh, of, of people and professionals all over the world who had the common purpose, wanted to change the world through the world of work. And 
Um, and so we needed a new, a new name, a new home, uh, and Inspiring Workplaces seemed to, to, be, to fit perfectly with, with the mission that we're on. Um, and um, and that's, that, that's where we're at now. And do you think that that common purpose that you talk about, Matt, do you, do you see that um, being wider, more widely spread now? Are, are more people getting this message? I do, I do. And I think, you know, um, silver linings, we talked a lot about silver linings a year ago, and then we had another year of, of this. Um, and at our last big formal function, I, I got up and um, uh, swore uh, and said, I, you know, I called BS on that people earn trust. I think, uh, and this is at the beginning of 2020, about two months before we got locked down. And, uh, you know, if you, if you hire somebody, trust them. Um, and we, we kind of govern by the, the 5% of people that might break your trust and rather than 95% that won't. So I, I, I got on my, on my soapbox and said that, you know, you have to trust your people and you have to give them autonomy or to, to do the job you've hired them to do. So hire them, trust them, get out of the way. Um, and support them where you can. And then fast forward six months, you have all these organizations that might not have been the most trusting of an, of an employer who are now going, I need to trust my people. I need to give them the tools to do the job. I cannot micromanage them. I cannot, uh, I cannot just tell them what to do all the time. And surprise, surprise, uh, you know, engagement's gone up. Businesses have uh, done brilliantly throughout throughout the pandemic, and 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 that's because of their people. So that's one of the biggest shifts I've seen, and I'm desperate to maintain that. I don't want it to be a, a bungee cord that snaps back in the next year or two, where we revert to very bad habits, um, where they trust apparently is earned again, where people, you know. We can already see policies being written now about flexible working, which is actually the antithesis of flexible working. Um, so, uh, so that you can see, obviously, here I'm, I'm quite passionate, <laughs> passionate about that. That we treat people like people, uh, we trust them, uh, and, and they will deliver for you. Um, so that's one of the big ones. The, the other, the other big change, shift change, I think that I've seen, well, two, two, uh, two more. Uh, I like threes. Um, is that I've been a long campaigner, as a lot of people who probably listen to this show, around mental well-being and mental health, and, and well-being in general. And all of a sudden, that stigma has been obliterated that probably would have taken 10 years to have done so. Um, a lot of hard work where you had leaders coming out. Um, and I think what's helped by that was the fact that we were all jumping on the Zoom calls and we actually just started to see each other as human beings. and. Um, being more authentic, you know. Oh, there's my boss. He's in his in his joggers and he's got a kid in the kitchen. He's he's a human being, or she's a human being, just like myself. Um, and I think that whole stigma's been been smashed to smithereens. And and, and the third one, um, uh, I've totally forgotten what the third one was, but I'm sure it'll come back to me. But um, there have been a number of things that have just been moved forward. And that that's that was that was the third one. The, the third one was that. I think that there has actually been a shift where employees can demand a lot more of their employer. Um, that around, around items like social justice, around flexible working, um, I, I think the long I think the paradigm has, has shifted now. Um, 
And that is exciting uh, because I think that means people have uh, people and organisations have to be more responsible and accountable. Um, so lots has gone on, um, and you know, long may it continue um, as long as it, it happens in the right way. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you've uh, three things you pointed out there. I think uh, uh, very close to my heart. I think. I mean, firstly, and people at this show may be bored of me saying this, but. Uh, I definitely feel that there has been a whole bow wave of humanity smash into business over yeah. the last 18 months, two yeah. years maybe. Uh, and if I pray for anything to stay behind and linger from this pandemic, it is that sense of looking out for people and others rather than just yourself and keeping that in business. Because I think, I think we've seen... Even through some of the toughest times, people respond to that so positively, and I just yeah. hope it. I hope it sticks about. I get a little bit worried when you do hear things starting to go back to inverted commas normal and things yeah. imposed rather than things discussed and evolved. But um, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to remain optimistic, Matt, that it's going to hang about. I think your point around trust is so well made, and a bit like your paradigm shift of, of power. It shouldn't really be down to um, employees to have gained trust of the business. It should almost be the other way around. It, yeah. it does the does the business's promise match up to its reality? And at that point, you know, I guess the employee can trust the business. But Lencioni in his five dysfunctions of a team, I think, was a hundred percent right. Where the big, the biggest foundation piece is trust, uh, and that is. That that is the thing that liberates everything else, and come back to the whole point that you made about employee experience linking to to successful results and profit. I mean, that model proves it. You know, it did, well, you go nowhere sustainably without trust. And I, and I think you know Rachel Miller, um, probably everybody knows on the show, uh, talks about trust being built by con- through conversations uh, between yeah. employees, employers, and and. Um, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, you know, for a long time we've listened, uh, talked about listening and, and surveys, and that's a very important part, giving people uh, giving people a voice. But then there has to, has to start evolving into a conversation um, between between both parties, and, and that's where uh, open, honest conversations about what's being done well, what needs improving, um, and accountability. That's where trust is really, really built. And and you'll see, the lo- you'll see all the benefits that Engage to Success has talked about for these years around the, the loyalty um, that, that will be built with, within the workforce as well. So um, you know, it's, exo- it's exciting times, but I also think there's a lot, a lot of moving parts now, and, 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 there, all, and there always has been, to be fair. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but it's just trying to focus your time effort and resources in, in, the, in the places where they're needed most, I guess, because that has always been one of the hardest parts of what we try and do. It's, you can, there's so much we can and must do, but it's just trying to focus in the right places. Well, 100%, but I think right now retention of talent is something everybody would want. I mean, I don't know too many yeah. markets where uh, recruitment isn't just a brutal battleground right now. <laughs> Uh, you know, I support a lot of guys in hospitality, and, and that is that's that's a tough old environment right now. Yeah. And so anything businesses can be doing to 
to retain people genuinely, authentically, I think is, is a good thing. But I'm about to get on a soapbox, and no one wants to hear my soapbox, Matt. We're here to talk to you and hear <laughs> about do. your stuff. <laughs> so, so inspiring workplaces then. So in your head, what does an inspiring workplace look like? What are some of the things that you, that you see from, from your work with that community? And how do you see it differentiating uh, itself from a regular workplace? It's, it's a good question, and I, I, I point to research done by Bain and, and published in the Harvard Business Review and what makes an inspiring workplace. Um, um, I, it's definitely worth reading that. I think trust is one of the, a huge part of it. What we what we um, work strongly towards is trying to create you know no fear environments where psychological safety is paramount because I think again one of the the things that has been shattered during this time um, we've, we've all gone through with COVID is this whole work persona and home persona and misnomer that, you know, work doesn't impact that life <laughs> outside of work, you know, and, and some reason, some, some, sometimes we, we're two different people inside and outside of work. And um, people realize now that, that there's no grade blurred lines, you know, work impacts your life. Uh, mm. And therefore people are trying to, help people have, have a better life uh, you know, throughout in, in and outside of the workplace. Um, so we want to try and create a place where people can bring their true selves to work um, without fear of reprisal uh, and, and therefore be able to offer themselves more fully to their, to their job, to give ideas, uh, have that diversity of thought. Um, so, so no fear environment is, is an absolute central pillar to anything being an inspiring workplace. Um, and then, and then we have uh, our own awards that uh, have evolved from the Employee Engagement Awards and, uh, and this year have uh, been totally uh, redesigned, um, not to have multiple categories, but actual one entry form that categorizes what we, we believe would, would make up an inspiring workplace. And there's six, six parts that, you know, part one is, is culture and purpose, two is leadership, three is talking about well-being, four is, is around inclusion, five is that conversation and communication um, element, and then and six is focusing on the experience. So there's just a, 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 a six key areas that we think if companies work, focus on will we'll help create an inspiring workplace with, with the knowledge that you, you can't be amazing in all of them. You know, it's just you're going to be really strong in a few of these areas. And then you, like anything in life, you're going to have to work on the others. And then you know, two or three years down the line, you might have to, you might be strong in one other area and have to work on something else. So uh, I think engaged success is employee engagement's a journey um, you, that you never really get off from, that you're always working on something. So an inspiring workplace for us is somewhere that's psychologically safe, has no fear and, 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 does focus on those six parts that I just spoke about. I love those six parts, and it, it, it's no surprise to anybody listening to to this show that in, engagement never ends, and no. um, and it takes time. It, to do it properly takes time. That doesn't mean you can't make impact uh, immediately, but to hardwire this stuff, you've you've often got to change a lot of muscle memory. And um, you, you, like you said before about no fear of failure, you're going to try some stuff and it won't work. That's why there's never one silver bullet 
for an engagement project for any any business. It's always in, entirely tailored. But you know, not trying to plug the engagement success uh, key enablers, but plugging them. You know, they're there for a reason. They're proven. Um, so it's not a bad place to start. I don't want to uh, try and get any inside betting information on the awards uh, that that, that will come <laughs> up, Matt. But have you got any sort of over the last few years any standout examples of of businesses, places that that are doing this stuff particularly well that that, that we should look at and uh, and get into and, and see what they're really doing um, to make a success of this stuff. Uh, now you've put me. Now, now you've got me. But just quickly to to what you just said to to the, like reinforce that point of um, trying things and having having permission to fail. Mm. Um, um, it's quite quite easy sometimes, especially um, being in the privileged position that I am to see the, the different work that goes on around the world. Yeah. Um, to to underestimate the simplicity of actually just starting to do something so yeah. you know whilst somebody might have a million dollar budget or a million pound budget to spend on engagement experience um and what they might do um what what's next on their journey might be very sophisticated for somebody else it could be as simple as getting permission to run their first survey to actually find out what the, the how the employees feel about that organization um, yeah right and actually one of the most important things that that organization ever does for itself and its people. Um, but with, for others, it might seem quite simple. Um, uh, so I just think, for anybody listening out there, it, it's just, we're, we're all at different stages. And, you know, you don't have to run and try and do the most complicated, sophisticated things from day one. The first, most important thing is to go out and find out what your people think. Uh, and that can be as simple as a, as, as a survey. So, um Sometimes I think we some we try and run before we can walk. Um, as for what announced uh, good examples, um, uh, I, I would point you to our website. Um, we, we instead of running uh, conferences and events um, in person for the past two years, in fact, it's going to be three years between our, our, our conferences, which is an incredibly long time considering we've been going staggering, isn't it? Time. Staggering. Um, we um, we actually have our summits back in London and New York in May and June next year. But over over the the, um, uh, the pandemic, we ran uh, something called the Summer Series, uh, which was free um, for people to to attend. Past two summers, and that was a, a a speaker, a case study every single day for six weeks, back to back. Uh, throughout the summer, where we had case studies from all, all over the world, uh, businesses big and small, all types of verticals, um, and and we will put that on our website free to to view as well. So there's probably about 60 different case studies you can go watch uh, and and tap into what would be relevant to yourself. As for great companies that we know of that are doing the great work that you should go look at, um, like Pure Planet, uh, are, were our company of the year, uh, an energy company uh, with a real clear purpose in life about being a sustainable uh, business and uh, sadly are going through tough times at the moment um, due to all the energy prices and the fluctuation and not getting much support from the government. Um, They're they're going to be our keynote uh, at our conference regardless of their situation because they built an amazing culture from the ground up uh, and where they put people first and culture was everything to them. Uh, and they're 
and they, and they were a huge success until uh, you know, market forces determined otherwise. The Dorchester Collection, again, Eugenio Perry, um, uh, amazing work that they do, um, and that the hotel chain, the Dorchester, and other hotels around the world. I, w- I would go look, up, look them up, and we're publishing a case study on them in the next week as well. Harrods have an amazing employee experience um, program going on, and what I loved about uh, what they did um, or have been doing is they, they're putting the stories and the voices of, the, of their people central to all the changes that they make. So it's actually you know, their own people inspiring each other to, to, t- to make changes that are needed in a quite old, established organization. So um, there, are, there are so many examples out there, and that's why they're all free on our website, because we just want to try via these amazing organizations and the people within them to inspire others to, to make changes themselves. Can you just give us the website address then, Matt? Because I'll get excited and forget to do it by the end of the show. And this sounds like some great resources that people should look into. So, so what's that, yeah, what's that URL? We, we should probably have like, had a fee for these summer series and everything, but we just, we just, we just wanted to make, keep, keep things going throughout all these terrible times and, and, and put as much good content out there as we could do. So um, it was uh, inspiring-workplaces.com. Um, it's free to join, to become an inspirer, part of a community. Um, and, and, and one of the things that we, we have launched, um, without plugging ourselves too much, is uh, our own little face-to-face events called, uh, around the world called Inspire London and Inspire New York and Inspire Stockholm, where well, we're going to try. We had our first two events in London and Stockholm this year, and then the rest are going to start next year, God willing, um, because of COVID. Uh, and they're all face-to-face events where people uh, sat around a circle in an aspiring um, the play on words there, and we have four storytellers. And we, we believe people are inspired and change their beliefs and fight because of other people. So, if, And all our first 20 events around the world are on creating an inclusive culture. So we'll have 100 different stories face-to-face, then online, where... Being a, a white man, I w- wouldn't understand what it's like to be a single mum, or like my brother, you know, a, a, a gay, a gay doctor in a, in a conservative hospital. Um, but I'm, you know, hearing different stories of different people and different backgrounds, we could, we can change things. You can understand and learn how others feel, and by doing that, you then might be able to go, well, my, within my position, I. I can never appreciate that. And that, that story I've heard right here in front of me, I'm going to go try and find out as much more as I possibly could do. I should have done that beforehand. And I'm going to make these changes and I'm going to ask for allies along the way. So that's where we're at now. We're, we're just, we want, we are in, we're just change agents, I suppose. We just want to change as much as we can for the, for the better um, and doing it together. So, um, yeah. like amazing oh, events. Yeah. They don't, don't <laughs> apologize. Please, I'm sitting here with goosebumps. The, these sound like the sort of, I mean, the whole inspiring stories thing. I 100% agree with you, and I love the Harrods example, and certainly with some of the clients that, that, that I talk to, I always encourage them to sort of tell the story through the people, 100%, because that's what resonates, that's what means something to somebody else. They can see themselves in that story and go on to inspire others. And your events sound like the sort of things I need to get to, that, that those are... Um, that, that sounds like a brilliant thing. Before I run out of time and um, and, and lose the opportunity to ask you, in everything that you see, 
And you've sort of touched on it already, but for people thinking about this stuff, what's the one piece of advice you'd give them tonight, Matt, to, to start their journey to creating an inspiring workplace? Um, I, I would to start, I think. Um, if, if there's something you've wanted to do, haven't done, go ask permission or don't ask permission. Um, I think just go, go do it. Um, because then that one thing will lead to another thing and it'll lead to another thing. And then before you know it, you'll have done some amazing, amazing things, um, by the end of it. And, um, so I, my, my, my advice is just to simply start. Brilliant. I mean, the biggest step is to recognize this is important and go and have that first conversation. I couldn't agree more. And what a beautiful way to finish, because that's about all we've got time for today. Just would say, please don't forget to visit engagewithsuccess.org to check out the show notes from today and all the other fab free engagement resources. You can download this episode or any other episode and stream any of them at your, at your leisure from our archive. Thanks so much today for sharing your thoughts and insights and the very best of luck with you with your mission, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I feel like I've been, uh, I don't know, just real soapboxing, but this passion has been pent up for so long uh, in, in, and I can't wait to get out in 2022 and, and share more of these stories. And uh, I, I just love what we're trying to do and I love the people that are doing it around the world. So thank you for everybody that's doing it. Brilliant, mate. I love it too. And uh, thanks for sharing that stuff. Okay, guys, we'll be back again at the same time next week. I'm Andy Gorham, and thanks for listening to the Engage for Success radio show. Engage for Success radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.